Hey, so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online. And we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. Good morning, everybody. So, how is everybody doing? Oh, so, just have a quick poll. Everybody, so, over this week, too hot or too cold, okay? So, anybody too hot this week? Okay, too cold? No, uh, just, okay, okay. So, temperature in here, just okay, good? Okay. Biggest contention I always remember at work was the, about the air con if, uh, and the, you know, at what point you put it on. People got too cold, so they didn't want to bring a jumper in because they thought it was wrong. But uh, it, was, it was the biggest cause of uh, problems. So is everybody sort of feeling comfortable and, and in a good place? Yeah? I, can see, uh, I can't hardly see the people at the back. It's great, isn't it? I sort of descended. And right, hello, Sabian. Okay, that's good. Just checking he was actually awake. That was, that was for me. There was movement. There was movement there. So I want you to stand up, please, if you can. Stand up. Okay, now, I don't want us to forget these moments. All right, because so often we, we come to church and we spend time together. And I think Steve uh, last week challenged us about becoming consumers of the word and not doers, not taking that word out. And I think the challenge this morning and the challenge for me when I come together is what am I expecting God to do? What am I expecting God to say to me as I sit, as I worship, as I draw close to God? And, you know, have you had a time when sometimes you know God's speaking to you, nudging you about something, but you get out and you forget about it and it kind of evaporates? I don't want that to happen this morning. I want us to be bold. So I'm going to ask you at the end of the service to write down one or two things that God is specifically speaking to you about. You can share them if you want. You don't have to because it's between you and God. As Mark said, it's your journey. So what is God saying to me this morning? It's a personal question. Because I don't believe that we're here by accident. I don't believe that this is just chance. I believe that God wants to speak to us because we have his word open. His Holy Spirit is here. And he's speaking to us uniquely. And the incredible thing is that as I find Sunday to Sunday, if you compare notes with uh, different people, they will all point to something that stood out to them in God's word or a, or, or a message or something that God spoke uniquely to them about. The other person was saying, I didn't even, uh, can't even remember that. But God spoke to you about that point. So, eyes closed. Father, we want to draw in and come close. Holy Spirit, will you just meet and speak to us through your word this morning? Father, touch our hearts. Be in our thoughts, be in our conversation. And Father, as I, we just go through some thoughts, I pray that you will just lead and guide. Father, encourage us through your word. Speak to us through your word. Maybe rebuke us through your word. Whatever it is, Father, will you speak to us through your Holy Spirit this morning? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, please be seated. So you can see the first slide there. It's time to sit up and notice. I had it a few weeks ago as well. 
And I think it's important that when we come to God's Word, that we don't uh, just take it for granted, but we actually lean in to what God is saying and trying to say to us. We've all had different weeks, haven't we? Some have uh, enjoyed the, the warm weather. Some have endured it. It's been a blessing. It's also been difficult. Uh, some people have had a bad week uh, uh, physically. Their health hasn't been too good. We're all in different places uniquely, but we're all here this morning. Some people have been building sandcastles this week. Some people have been swimming in the sea. Some people have been staying in lodge or caravans or luxury apartments. And then you're here. And I wonder, I just want to ask you a question. How have you been occupying your week? So just glance back. How have you been occupying this week? Has God been in your week or have you left God out of your week? How have you been occupying the time? These last few weeks, we've had several addresses, as Mark's uh, said. Uh, Mark's uh, preached Sarah's piece, Pastor Richard. Last week, Steve talked all about an aspect of growing in our Christian lives. But they've all been uniquely challenging us in the way that we live and experience our Christian lives. And it's all important that we move forward. You see, if we stay still, then we're not growing. If you see a child and it's staying still, it's not developing, it's not uh, doing the next thing that you tick off in the book, you know, a smile or whatever it is, then you get worried. And if as Christians we're not moving forward, if we're not taking ground, if we're not getting closer to God, then we're standing still. And so there's a challenge there, isn't it? What has this last week been for us? What has it been for you personally? Have you had a good week? Have you and God been talking every day and you've had great conversations? You've been uh, walking along and you've been sharing together your heart? Or how has it really been for you? There's a few things over this last few weeks. And I was just trying to remember, a few weeks ago we looked at God's Word and we realized that it was God activated. It's God's Word. So uniquely when we open this book, it's God's Word and it's living. Paul was speaking and saying, if you remember that I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So it's unique. This Word of God is living. It has to take root. It has to grow. We have to move forward. We've been talking about kingdom seeds. We've been talking about the kingdom of God, which is coming. And we also challenged ourselves uniquely, and we asked ourselves, can God trust me? Wow. Can God trust me? So if I give you a message right now, if I give you a message, can God trust you to share it? Are you going to do, do that for him? Can God trust me? So what's our part in this kingdom seed? We sowing business, we asked ourselves. The disciples were told to go. We have a responsibility to be sowers. We have a responsibility to be good keepers of the word that has been entrusted to us once we believe. We read that here, but then we went outside and we forgot all about it. And that's the danger, isn't it? How much of God's word is empowering us day to day? Are we living the word of God out? Four things, water the word, exercise faith, honour God in our living, be ready to speak for what you believe. These were all things 
that we challenged ourselves, will we do it? Will we do it? We have a choice. Every day that we wake up, it's our choice how we're going to live the next 24 hours, isn't it? What are you going to do? What's your focus going to be on? Do you want to impact somebody's life? Remember the blind man. Remember the question that we had a few weeks ago. Jesus is asking, what do you want me to do for you? Did you ask yourself that question? Did you, did you answer it? Did anybody answer it? Did you write it down? Did you write your answer down? Has he given you that answer to you, or are you still waiting on God? What do you want me to do for you? Write your prayers down. Does anybody keep a prayer diary? Do you write your prayers down? Do you actually expect God to answer your prayers? Do you? Do you you check? Do you write it down so you can be encouraged, so you can look back? It's great, isn't it? I love at the beginning of the year writing down some things which are on my heart. Then as the year goes by, you look back and you say, hey, God, God answered that one. And you're encouraging God wants us to ask him. He's a loving heavenly father. But with God, all things are possible. We need to grow. We need to move forward. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, open your Bibles, please. If you've got your phones, whatever you do, or you can just uh, listen to God's word. So we're going to go and we're going to meet Elijah. Elijah's a prophet, cool job. And we're going to see what God is doing with Elijah. So, 1 Kings in chapter 17. Elijah is bursting in on the scene uh, with King Ahab, who is a king of Israel. So, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward, turn into the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have instructed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Sometime later, the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon, about 80 miles away, and stay there. I have instructed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I can have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar, a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Wow. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, exactly as you said. But first make me a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her, and so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Excellent. Good. Okay. 
So, that's the word of God. Okay? And we've asked God, and we want God to speak through his word. And I came across this and reread it recently. And God immediately grabbed my heart because I love a good story anyway. And I thought, this is great. This has got ravens in it. It's got a little bit of animal sort of bird life interest. It's a fantastic story of God's faithfulness to Elijah. But let's just uh, step back one moment. So Elijah is a prophet. All right? So a prophet is someone who God raises up, is in a relationship with God, and God gives them a word for a king or a situation, and the prophet has to deliver it. Nice job. Now the thing is that often when a prophet uh, is coming or speaking, there is an apprehension because of the message. So you can imagine if suddenly Elijah comes through that door, and he comes out to the front and he says, listen, I've got a word for you. And this word is from God. And I want you to listen to what God has to say. And this is kind of what happens. Because we don't read about Elijah before this. We don't know if he had a reputation as a prophet or he was kind of laying low. But he was in relationship with God. God spoke to Elijah. Imagine that. You have a relationship. Imagine having a relationship where God speaks to you every day so clearly. That you just know it's from God. And God says to you, listen, I want you to go to King Ahab. Go and tell him I'm fed up with the way that uh, you've been leading the the children of Israel. You're an evil king and I'm going to send droughts. He's going to be a very unpopular guy, isn't he? So would you go? If I gave you a message to say to to the prime minister or to the queen or king of an area or country or the leaders... And you knew the message was going to be unpopular, would you go? You see, Elijah bursts in on the scene, and I want you to notice it. Elijah bursts on the scene, goes to Ahab, and he said, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives. He immediately says who sent him. He immediately identifies with King Ahab that he is under instructions from God's. And you know, sometimes the authority of God's word is what speaks. And it's important, isn't it, that we sometimes we tell people who we are living for. You see, the Bible tells us to be ready sometimes to give an answer, doesn't it? And sometimes we have to decide uh, when we say who we're serving. So if I came up to you and said, listen, you know, so who are you living for? Who's given you the direction in your life? Would you say God? Would you point to God? But that's exactly what Elijah did. Right at the outset of that conversation with King Ahab, he lays it down and said, Look, I serve God. Clearly. I serve God. As the Lord, the God of Israel is, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Now, it's it's quite an interesting time turning to this word at the time where they're talking about droughts. So we're we're being told in the news that there's drought in the UK. There's problems all over Europe. And a lot of the world is suffering because of the heat. Well, Elijah is going to the king and he's telling him that there's going to be a period of drought. 
It's not a popular word, is it? It's not going to fill Ahab with, uh, oh, that's great. Thanks, Elijah. Thanks for coming. What a great word. That's encouraging. That's uplifting. It's not in that category, is it? It's the situation that uh, there's a warning. You see, and sometimes when people are living lives and when kings are leading people astray and away from God and after Baal and into idolatry, then there's nothing of God in that. And sometimes God speaks right into the heart of a nation, right at a time. And when we look around today, as Richard has been leading us in the the last days, we see a godless world around us. We see people who want to do as they please and think that there's no consequences if they don't do what God says. And I wonder what God is saying to us right now in this generation, in our time. What would Elijah say today if he bursts through those doors and announces himself, he's come from God. There's a period of drought in the UK and I need people to turn back to God. I need you to listen to what God wants to do in your life and in your heart. You see, it's a choice every day. So there's going to be no rain, no dew. And I like this. Immediately after that, God says this, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide. (laughs) Right, you've given the message. You've given the message, Elijah. You've told the king. It's not going to be very popular. He's thinking about what you're saying. He's going to try and grab you in a little while. Hide. For goodness sake, hide. Get away. And God was looking after Elijah. You see, God is looking after you and me. And sometimes, I don't know the things that you've had on in your week. I don't know the things that are causing you to to maybe doubt God. Maybe you've got so many prayers and they're lying unanswered. And you're not sure, you know, God, when's your agenda? You know, what, what day or year are you going to answer that prayer? I've been praying for that situation to change. What is it that God's laying on your heart today? But you see, God was looking, even though Elijah was given a hard time, I want you to note that God was taking care of Elijah. So even though this was an incredibly difficult time, an incredibly difficult time for Elijah to live, because as a prophet of God, he wasn't going to be popular, because they were Baal worshippers, the king would be against him. The king had already tried to get rid of the other prophets in the land. So Elijah wasn't going to be a a popular guy going in front of the king claiming that he was from God. Do you know, sometimes we like to be popular, don't we? There's a popular way. And it's easy, isn't it, to go along with the crowd. It's easy to go along with situations and things. And sometimes you know in your heart there's a, there's a, a filthy joke at work or a, or a situation and you know God wants you to stand away from it. Or a situation that you know, a conversation that's not helpful and you know God wants you to stand away from it and make a stand because that's not the sort of thing that God expects you to do. I don't know what it is. But I do know this, that God wants you to follow him. And God wanted Ahab to change. He wanted the children of Israel to take up, sit up and take notice. And a drought should do that. 
So then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward, hide in the Kerif ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have instructed the ravens to supply you with food there. You see, God never does something ordinary, does he? I love that. See, God is always trying to do exciting things in Christian lives. He always wants to do the unexpected. So he's hiding uh, Elijah away and he's sending ravens and, he's, and Elijah's got a nice brook Nice, uh, clear water to drink from. And ravens. Ravens. Raven. And listen to this. Listen to this. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. How cool is that? How cool is that? I don't know if uh, Elijah was sort of, you know, he uh, waited down. And um, I was imagining that sometimes uh, Elijah would be saying, you know, when are the ravens coming? I'm getting a little bit hungry, you know. Are they coming yet, Lord? Have you going to send them? And on the first day, what time are they coming? You know, that sort of thing, the expectation. He knows God is going to look after him, but he's waiting on God and he's hiding. Are you hiding? Do you know, sometimes we can hide. I I did that. I was a a Christian in high school and um, I found it so hard amongst my friends, you know, at church, I used to go to church three times on a Sunday. And I hated it when my friends found out that they thought I was a super Christian. So I used to try and hide. And uh, the worst thing uh, was in the, my last year uh, at uh, Cobbleston, I can remember that I had a Christian union and I didn't really want to identify. I was a bit scared. I didn't want my friends to know that they And if I went, I used to go all the way around the field, all the way around the long way to get to the port cabin at the back of the school so nobody could see that I went there. But this day, I went into class and it was the ultimate nightmare. The girl who was in the CU, I could see she was writing down a note and she slipped me the note on my desk. She didn't say anything to me. She slipped me the note on my desk and went away. And I thought, And uh, she wrote on there, would I give my testimony at the CU? And I thought, oh, no. And that was, that was the, my worst nightmare. So that would mean that I would stand and have to go uh, to the Christian Union. And I wasn't in a real habit of going, so my friends would wonder where I was, what was going on. But anyway, I felt that I needed to do it. So I did my thing and I took the long route round and, uh, and I went to the CU. And I was sitting there talking uh, and giving my testimony. And as I was sitting there, I could see my group of friends coming towards the porter cabin. And my heart sunk. And I thought, oh no, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to uh, tell them? And God was teaching me a very important lesson. I didn't like it at the time. I was a bit scared. But then I, I, I remember in front of the, uh, the people, they saying, I need to go. I need to go. So I left the, the port of and I, I went outside and I told my friends what I was doing and where I was. Are you hiding? Are you hiding? Are you How many people know? Do your neighbours and friends know that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do they know that you believe in the Bible? 
Do they believe it? Do they know? Do the the people that you love and care for, do they know that Jesus Christ means the world to you? Do they know that you gave your life and your heart to him? Do they know that Jesus Christ died on the cross? And because he died on the cross, you've accepted his sacrifice was for you and it's changed your life. Do they know that? How many people in your family do you care about and you love about and you want them to know this saviour for themselves? Do we share our faith or do we hide our faith? Elijah was at a point of hiding. He'd given God's word and now he was hiding and God was providing for him. Well, you know, they said there's a moment, there's a time where God is going to ask you to stand up and be counted. You see, there is a time when we need to tell what we believe, what we're standing by. The Word of God. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and friend? Have you given Him your life? Do you trust Him with your life? Do you trust Him with your future? Do you trust Him with your work situation, your home situation, your husband, your wife, your closest friend, your family? Do you love Him enough to pray for these ones? It's a real challenge, isn't it? I can remember the challenge that somebody's saying, you know, do I love my children enough to pray for them? And in a meaningful way. Do I love my husband or my wife in a meaningful way that I pray for them every day that God will keep them, encourage them and bless them and move them forward? Do I trust God to continue to grow in my life? Am I challenging myself? Do I have any dreams left? Any hopes What is it? God will look after you. If you step out in faith, the only thing that I've seen in the Word of God and I've seen in many people's testimonies and I've seen in my own life is when we step out, God meets us and He looks after us right in that situation. It might be uncomfortable. It might be difficult. But God will meet us in that place. And if we honour God, God will honour us. So What are you trusting God for? What are you trusting God for this week? Are you looking for an opportunity? Are you waking up in the morning and say, Hey God, here I am. Use me. Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to speak to this week? What do you want me to do with my time? What do you want me to do with the rest of my life? Dare I ask you that, God? What's God been laying on your heart? What's your dream? What's your hope? What do you want to do? You want to play for Real Madrid? Ipswich Town first, please. What do you want to do? What's your heart? You see, God will look after you. If you honour him, God will honour you. God will look after you. And the ravens will come. And the brook, you can have clean drinking water. God will look after you, but you need to step out. What is God saying to you? Do you know, ravens are very intelligent birds. I'm told that they can mimic, they can gesture, and uh, they've got a reasonable vocabulary. Not as good as the parents, I understand, but they have a reasonable vocabulary. So I don't know if Elijah got them saying a few words, but I'm guessing that his time with the ravens was meaningful. So I, I, I like to think that he had a good time with the ravens. So he had a good chat with the birds and it was a bit of a thing. So God sent ravens because they could say a few words and uh, God thought that that would be good for Elijah. So God knows what's good for you. 
And you know what's good for you and you know what's bad for you. And sometimes, you know, we, we do things which we know are sort of the things that are not really going to be good for us in our Christian lives and are a bit uh, grey. But we do it anyway. And I wonder if God is speaking to you about the way that you spend time, the way that I spend time. And so anyway, the, the, uh, the brook dried up. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. And I love that. You see, Elijah and God are still speaking. And Elijah was listening and tuned in to God's voice. So when God said go, when God said it's time to move on, Elijah just did as he was told. How many times have you experienced God's voice and God's nudge saying to you, say a word here. It's time to move on. It's time to look for the, the answer to your question. Move forwards. Whatever it is, you need to be looking. We need to be tuned into God. We need to be in relationship. If you don't spend time with your closest friend, you'll, be out of, you'll get out of uh, relationship with them. You won't be a good friend because you won't know what's going on with them. And so it is with God. We need to stay close. We need to be in relationship. We need to be talking to each other. We need to be sharing each other's heart. God needs to speak to us. He wants to speak to us. And so often he's, he's just looking and he's saying, have you got any time yet? Have you got any time for me? Are you going to let me in? You've been struggling in that meeting for hours and you haven't spoken to me. Do you want me to help you? Do you want me to lead you? Do you want me to do, you want me to do anything? What is our expectation of God? Elijah, what is your expectation of God? Is God going to look after Elijah when he goes in front of a king and gives him an unpopular message? Sure. You don't see that God, Elijah didn't argue. He had some doubts later on about certain things, but he didn't argue here, did he? Now the, the, the brook has dried up and God's saying, move on. So sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no raids, um, rain in the land. So um, then God says, you know, move on. I want you to go to Zarephath and the region of Sidon. Stay there. I instructed a widow there to supply you with food. God is always using and moving people on. You see, God could have made it that the brook didn't dry up. But God wanted to bless a widow in that land in Zarephath with Elijah. So Elijah had an opportunity to bless someone else and to do a miracle and show that person that God, in their prayers, was going to meet them right where they were. Incredible. The lady was just getting ready to make the last meal and die. Talk about cutting it fine. Elijah's just there in the nick of time, gets, gets there. I came as fast as I could. Yes, I, yes, I, I, I know, but... Um, just make me alive first. And what I want you to notice is that the widow didn't argue. You see, God's word, God's authority. And Elijah spoke with authority. Jesus Christ speaks with authority. When we quote God's word, it's with authority. We have the authority of God on it. And when Elijah was speaking, the, word, the widow and the, the, of Zarephath, she didn't query anything. She just went and did it. <laughs> and then the miracle happened. And sometimes we have to take a step of faith and we have to launch into whatever God is saying to us. And then the miracle comes. You see, the oil didn't, didn't uh, get used up. It kept pouring. 
There was always enough, always a loaf. And sometimes you have to step out in faith. I don't know what God's laying on your heart. I don't know what God's speaking to you about. But maybe God is laying a particular mission. Maybe God is laying a particular person on your heart and life. And God wants you just to step out in faith this morning. Be brave. Have you ever thought, you know, if your cousin or your son or your daughter or whoever it is don't know Jesus Christ, have you ever asked them for a coffee date and, and say, listen, Jesus Christ has changed my life and I want you to know that he's the most important part of my day and he's the one that gives me direction and a hope for tomorrow. Have you ever told someone how important it is that you're following Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world. You see, when eternity comes and when we're in heaven, we won't be able to second guess and we won't be able to say, I wish I'd have spoken to so-and-so and I wish I'd have done this and I wish I'd have done that because the time to do something is now. The time to tell our friends and the time to, to lay it on the, on the ground, so to speak, is now. If God is talking to your heart and talking to you about something, then you need to do it. There's no good leaving something unsaid. If you haven't told your wife or your husband you love them, then tell them today. What is it that God is laying on your heart? What is it that God is talking and saying, I want you to be obedient? Maybe you haven't been baptized, as Kimberly mentioned. What's stopping you? If you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've given your heart and your life to him, then be baptized. It's what the word of God says. Follow him. Be obedient to what God is saying. But what is God speaking uniquely to you about? What's your hope? What's your dream? What do you want for tomorrow? Then pray into it and believe. If God is in your prayer and if you're in relationship with God, do you know what it is? Do you know, they, when children grow up, the, the, the funny thing is that, uh, you know, you look after your children and you, you do certain uh, things and you set boundaries and you do things. Sometimes you do it well, sometimes you don't. We're all learning. But the thing is, let me tell you that they know what you think about something, even without you saying it. Because you're in a relationship. And when you're close to someone, you know what makes them tick. You know what they like and what they don't like. Am I right? And the same thing is true of God. If we're in a relationship with God, then you know what he likes and what he doesn't like. And he works in us. His Holy Spirit is indwelling us. He's leading us. He's speaking to us through his word. And you know what God likes. And you know what God disapproves of because you're in a relationship. And you know sometimes if you had those moments where you know, you, you've had a moment slip away and you slump your shoulders and you think, oh, I'll let that moment pass. And you, you feel like you let God down and you just lost your way for a few moments. And it's almost like the relationship and, uh, needs to be and you need to go to God and say, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up. I know that you wanted uh, to say that uh, or me to do something, but I didn't. Have you had that time when you're in a prayer circle and somebody prays your prayer? Huh? 
Because you just, you just didn't feel that you could do it. And somebody else in a, in a few seconds just is saying exactly the same thing. And God's nudging them. What's God nudging you about this morning? What's God speaking to your heart about? There are so many stories of great people that trusted God, believed in God. There is the story of George Muller and the orphanages. How God provided for the children every day. He just prayed to God. He just told God what he needed and, the, and it arrived on the doorstep. And that was before social media and, and all the, the rest of it. But God provided for them. Jackie Pullinger, what a tremendous story of what she did in Hong Kong. Your name, my name. What are we doing for God? What is God asking us to do to be faithful in this generation right at this time? This country is becoming godless. This country is persecuting Christians for their belief on standing on the word of God. That's the time that we are living in. So we have to support each other. We have to be prepared to stand up and be candid for Jesus Christ. Do you love him? Do you serve him? Do you want to live for him every day of your life? I want to introduce you. I don't know if you've been introduced to Katie Davis. But we're going to watch a, a little YouTube video. And um, I want to introduce you to Katie. I'll read you. Katie Davis went to Uganda on a short mission trip in about 2007. And God changed the course of her life. And God changed everything in her life. And I want you to listen. This is uh, a little summary which we're going to read, uh, which we're going to listen to, of how God changed her life. She writes in a forward word to her book, and she says this, Sometimes it hits me like a brick in the head. My life is kind of insane. I am 22 years of old. I have 14 children. Adopted, 11 of whom are currently being homeschooled. We so often have extra people staying with us. Dying grandmothers, destitute refugees, severely malnourished children, that I am forever doing a head count before I begin making meals. Most days, though, bumping along these red dirt roads in my 16-passenger van full of singing or screaming, children, neighbours, and occasionally our pet monkey seems completely normal. So much so that I have a hard time writing about it. To me, there is nothing very spectacular about this everyday craziness. It is just the result of following Jesus into the impossible, doing the little I can and trusting him to do the rest. Years later, Katie Davis Majors can say this, if that's okay, Carl. Have a listen. It's about five minutes. Listen to the story. The amazing thing that when God gets hold of a situation, the situation changed. Katie just went on a short mission trip to Uganda at 18. And she's probably mostly stayed there all this time. But the thing is, God was working. See, we limit God. But you can't limit God. God is always the God of the amazing. If the band would like to, uh, to come up, please, we're going to 
be singing a, a last song. But you see, what's your dream? What do you want? What are you stepping into God for? The amazing thing and the thing that I like there is they are actively growing young people. They are bringing them to Christ. And then, as she said right at the end there, then they are planting them back into the community, into the jobs. And she's saying, what's God going to do then? What's God going to do with these young people who are going into their communities, their jobs, their careers with hope in their hearts, with a saviour that they love? How is God going to use them to bring Uganda to faith? What's God going to do through you and through me? What's God saying to you and to me right now? Write it down at the end of the service. Don't let the moment pass. Write it down. Pray into it. If you'd like to pray with others, then we've got the prayer team here. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour and friend, you didn't realise that Jesus Christ died for you personally, he loves you so much. He wants you to know the best life possible. And you need to come to him. Then you come at the end of the service together and then we'll pray with you then as well. Don't let the moments pass. Pray with each other if you want to. Share with each other. But God has a plan that only you can do. It's his personal plan for you. And he loves you so much. So let's sing in closing. Thank you. Let's stand.